guys would please stand with me as we read God's word this morning together. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 4. If you want to turn there with me, we're going to be in a lot of different scriptures today. Um, and they'll, they'll be on the screen, but um, I'm going to read right now from Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32, about the early church. Acts 4.32, it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There was no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. This is the word of the Lord. All right, you guys have a seat. Um, yeah, let's pray together, and then we will jump in today talking about stewardship and Sabbath. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. God, thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for Jesus Christ, in whom are all blessings that we have spiritually God, in our lives that we know we are yours, we are redeemed, forgiven, adopted, called into your presence, welcomed into your presence by the perfect blood, sacrifice, the ministry of Jesus on our behalf, and the giving of your Holy Spirit to us, to live in us, to encourage us and motivate us and empower us and to bring us to life every day in your name, God. We're, we're so grateful. I pray now that you would lead us as we read your word together, God, lead us in your word, help us to hear from you exactly what you would have for us today, each one of us, and myself included. God, and teach us and, and help us to walk with you in faith. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So it has been the heart of this Knowing God series, um, really to just sort of as a church, think about together what it looks like for us to live in relationship with God, um, that Christianity, again, I've, I think I've said this every week for the last four weeks, that Christianity um, is not just about knowing things about God. It's not just about filling our heads with knowledge or theology. Um, it is about knowing God, having relationship with him and walking with him daily in our lives, not just on Sundays, but every day of our lives, that our lives are surrendered over to him, to know him, as Jesus says in John 15, to abide in him as a, vine, as, a, as a branch abides in a vine, getting every ounce of life and energy and sustenance from that vine. We abide in Christ. We live in Jesus. The New Testament speaks a lot, very often, very much about us living in Christ, Christ in us and we in him that he is our life and everything we have and everything that we do, it comes from him. And so we, we walk with him and we abide in him. And so the last few weeks have just been a sort of exploring some of the gifts that God has given us, the gifts that he's given us in order to do that, to walk in right relationship with him. He's made us right with him through Jesus Christ, blood on the cross. He died for us. And now through faith, we are Christian people. We are united with Jesus in faith. And his Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. And if that's true, then every day you should have, you should have a stirring inside of you from the Holy Spirit, leading you and beckoning you and inviting you into this real active, thriving relationship with God. If you don't have that, one of two things is true. Either 
you, you don't know God and you're not actually a Christian, you're not walking with him at all. Like if you don't have the stirring to follow him at all, like maybe you just, you've never made the confession. You don't actually know Jesus or you have and you do know Jesus and the Holy Spirit's living in you, but you're just quenching that and you're just ignoring him. We can do that at times. Paul talks about this in several different places throughout the New Testament that sometimes we can just sort of quench his voice. We can ignore him even for times in our lives. And I, I would submit to you that that is a great recipe for anxiety, frustration, depression in your life. If you would ignore the Lord's working in you, stirring in you. And so today what we're going to talk about is this word stewardship. Just say stewardship with me. Say stewardship. Stewardship. Okay, now it's in your mind. Stewardship. Stewardship means this. Stewardship means to wisely use and care for what has been entrusted to you. That is stewardship. That's a definition of it. To wisely use and to care for whatever has been entrusted to you. Now, Jesus tells many parables about being good stewards. He, he talks a lot in parables. He teaches his people through parables. He tells a parable in Matthew 21 about father and two sons. He tells a parable in Matthew 21 about tenant farmers. He tells a parable about faithful and wicked servants. He tells the parable, the talents. Y'all know that parable? Like one guy's given 10 talents, one guy's given five talents, one guy's given two talents. And they're supposed to kind of use those talents and, and make more. And then the, the, the master comes back and sees who's used the talents the right way. He tells a parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12. Jesus talks a lot about how do we use what's been entrusted to us? How do we use the things that God has given us? And here, here's the point of today, that if we would take seriously the call in our lives to use all the things that God has put into our lives, put into our hands, use them for his glory and for the good of others, that man, our relationship with the Lord will grow and will thrive as we do that, as we walk in obedience. You know, your relationship with God grows through your obedience to God. It does. God designed us to live unto him and to look to him and to trust in him and to worship him and to obey him. We thrive on obedience. And when disobedience is in our lives, and often disobedience comes in these areas that we're going to talk about today, and when disobedience is in our lives, we, we cannot live the life that God's calling us to. We can't thrive in the purpose that he's given us. And so um, kind of the main point of all this is this, that God is the giver of all things. God has given us everything that we have. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you believe that. If you are a Christian, you should believe that. That everything you have, everything you possess, guess what? God possessed it first and he gave it to you to be a steward of it. And so we're going to talk about really four areas of our lives today um, that we should be good stewards of, okay? Number one is our time. Number two is our gifts. Number three is our money. Oh, he said the M word in church. And number four is our souls. That God has entrusted to us these things. Now, um, quick caveat. I'm not really um, specifically uh, going to talk about being good stewards of our relationships Obviously, we should be good stewards of our relationships. I think relationships are implied certainly in the time and the gifts, the resources that God has given us and the time that he's given us, that we should be good. Like if you're a parent, you should be a good steward of your family, of your children. You should be a good steward of your marriage. You should be a good steward of your friendships. You should be good stewards with the people in our lives. But more so, we're gonna focus today on more of the, the kind of things that God has given us, okay? Not so much the people because people are people, right? And so we should, obviously, we love the Lord God and we love our neighbors. And last week was a lot more about community, right? And really being good stewards with one another and serving and loving one another. Today's got a little bit more about the things that he's given us. So number one, be a good steward of my time, okay? I'm gonna give you a word for this. The word is availability, 
Be available to the Lord. Be a good steward of your time. And I'm going to give us several scriptures as I read through this, and we'll go pretty quickly. Um, forgive me. Maybe just write down the, the, the references if you can write those down pretty quickly. And if, by the way, if you ever need to see notes afterwards, please come ask me. I'll give you any, any of these scriptures again if you want them. Ephesians chapter 5. This is a great, a great verse on, on this, just being good stewards of our time. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And then I'm gonna flip over to Psalm 90. In Psalm 90, verse 12, he writes this, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I think how we steward our time has a lot to do with the wisdom that God wants to give us in our lives. You know, in James chapter one, verse five, God tells us to ask for wisdom. Ask him for wisdom. He loves to give. He says he gives it generously without finding fault that God loves when we humbly ask him for wisdom, that he loves to give it to us. And Moses, when he wrote Psalm 90, he says, God, teach us to think about our lives and number our days correctly. Sometimes we just forget that we are transient people, that we're not here in this world, in this life permanently, that we have a number of days that God has given us. And so we must be good stewards of our time. Paul, again, in Ephesians 5, 15, where he says, man, just be very careful how you live. Take care, right? You hear that word care. Take care, full of care with how you live your life. Don't be unwise, he said, but be wise. And so wisdom and time management, guys, they go hand in hand. If you struggle with, man, just how do I use my time? How do I make the most out of my time? This is something we have to commit to the Lord all the time. And again, I think this includes how we treat our families and our friends and our loved ones, our intentionality and our availability in relationships, first and foremost with God. And then of course, with one another. You ever find yourself just thinking, man, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to do this or that. I can't make time. I can't find time. Newsflash for you. No one finds time. Time's not something to be found, right? It's not something to be made. Either. Nobody makes, like, you can't make time. Time is just time. It's just there. God has made it. He's said it. He's, he's defined what it is. Actually, this year, we get a whole extra day. I don't know if y'all know that. We have a whole extra day this year. So maybe you can fit in some things this year that you couldn't fit in last year. But man, when it comes to our time, it just, it, it's every day, every day. It's not like, let me plan out my whole year. Again, the book of James, James actually talks about this a little bit. Like it's actually evil, he says, to make plans over the course of our lives without really consulting the Lord. What we should say is if the Lord wills, that this is what I will do here or there, right? It's not bad to make plans, but what is bad is to make plans like this without consulting the Lord and his wisdom about our lives. What we should do as Jesus teaches us, every day has enough trouble of its own. Why are you worried about tomorrow today? What we should do is what Paul said, be very careful how you live, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. He's just saying, man, days have trouble. The days that we live in, they're full of trouble. You might testify to that. Okay, and they just do. Life's hard to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So I don't, I don't need to beat that dead horse. You guys understand, man, God has given you a set number of days, a set time on this earth. Listen, you don't know how long that is. I don't know how long that is. What we're called to do is not to know all those things, but to simply make the most of every opportunity. Man, my guess would be there's probably some in this room right now who you know God's kind of calling you into some good stewardship about your time that you're not taking seriously right now. 
I don't know how many conversations I've had um, over the past year with dads who were just thinking, man, I, I wish I had more time with my family. And, and listen, I know life's hard and it's complicated and we got work and we got things we have to do and responsibilities. That's all true. I'm just saying, man, let's commit these things to the Lord and ask for his wisdom about how we spend our time. Young people, I know you're young. Teenagers, I know you're young. Still, this, this scripture goes for you. You think you're invincible when you're 16 years old. You're not. Make the most of every opportunity. Seniors in here, retired people in here, you have great opportunities. Don't waste your life. Now that you're at a, at a stage in life where you're like, well, I don't have to work. I'm kind of free. I don't have to do anything. I can just live out my days doing whatever I want. No, listen, we still commit our way to the Lord. God, teach us to number our days aright. I don't want to enter into eternity in an armchair. I want to enter into eternity having given everything I got to the Lord, knowing that I spent my days doing the most I could with every opportunity. Man, let's go out until the day that we drop, giving our lives to the Lord and trusting him with our time, making the most of every opportunity. Number two, be a good steward of my gifts. So being a steward of our time is about availability. Being a good steward of our gifts is about service, serving one another. First Peter chapter four. I don't have this one bookmarked, so I'm gonna turn with you guys. First Peter chapter four. This is a great one. So I want y'all to actually turn there with me. I want you to see it. It is on the screen, but man, see this in your Bibles. Mark it in your Bibles as a great little scripture here about just how we, how we serve, okay? First Peter uh, four, starting in verse seven. He says, the end of all things is near. Hear the time thing again, like being good stewards of our time. But then he says, therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Are you using your time for that? Just to be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray? And above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Listen, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with all the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, I'm not going to read the whole thing right now, but Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians just using our gifts. God gives gifts to every single Christian by his Holy Spirit. And those gifts are designed to be used for the benefit, for the edification of the church. Every Christian is gifted by the Lord. And Peter says, you have been given gifts. Faithfully administer God's grace in its various forms as we serve each other. Are you currently using the gifts that God has given you. When I say gifts, I mean your, your, your talents, your resources, your spiritual gifts that he has endowed in you by the Holy Spirit who lives in you to be able to serve his church. Are you currently opening your hands to the Lord to use the gifts that God has given you to serve others? That's a question. Many of you are, by the way, and I think this church does a phenomenal job overall of serving one another. I really do. I'm always constantly encouraged uh, by the service that I see and the ministry that so many of you are doing without me having to tell you what to do, without the staff having to whack. We don't have to do it all for you. And you guys embrace that for the most part. I see so many of you just embracing how God has wired you, how he's created you, how he's gifted you to open your hands and use the gifts that he's given you for the service of his church. Some of you, I would guess, just haven't really gotten to that place 
And you just, you know what? I, I know God's kind of wired me a certain way. I know he's gifted me with certain things. I know I have ways in which I can serve the church, but I'm just not currently doing that. Um, so I would just ask you, what, what opportunities, what gifts, what resources has God given to you that you are not currently using for his kingdom and his glory? Again, I don't want to enter into the kingdom with my arms full of stuff that I was holding on to like it was mine in the first place. And so that leads us to our next one, be a good steward of my money. So this is about availability with my time. It's about service with my gifts. It's about generosity with my money. Yes, I know, again, the M word in church. Um, but listen, the Bible talks, y'all, very often about how we use our money. Now, um, I know this question comes up a good bit with folks, you know, in the church about tithes. Like, how do I, like, are we supposed to tithe or what does that look like? So the tithe in the Old Testament, if you'll throw that Leviticus, um, Leviticus 23 here, or 27, Leviticus 27, 30, a tithe is of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Now, this was a command in the Old Testament about tithing in Jerusalem, um, and, and really what we see from like Psalm 24 and Exodus 19 and Job 41 is this, that the earth is the Lord's. Everything is the Lord's. Everything belongs to him. He created it all. It is his. And so whatever we have, we are simply not owners of, stewards of. You are only a steward of any resource, the concluding your money, your finances that you have. I don't know if you know this. God knows your bank account. God knows your debit card number and your pen right? God's got all that information. He knows what all of that is. He's given it to you anyway. He's just simply allowed us to have the resources that we currently have. Whether you consider that to be a lot or a little doesn't matter. The point is, it is a gift from the Lord and it is to be used simply for his kingdom and his glory. So we ask these questions about the tithe, right? So we look, we look kind of look at the Old Testament and go, okay, well, in the Old Testament, they, they were taught to tithe. Here's the thing about the tithe. In the Old Testament, Tithing was really like a tax. That's what it was. It was a tax from God on the nation of Israel. Now that sounds weird. It was like God gave them taxes. Really, it is what it is. It was a command of the law. Just like we have commands in our law today that we have to pay taxes. God gave them a command in the law that they would have to give a tenth of certain things, their grain and their harvest and things like that. But it was really even more than that. It was more like 20% because they also weren't allowed to cut their entire fields. They had to leave the corners of their fields uncut so that people could, could just come take it. Anything that fell off, off the wagon while they were harvesting their grain, they had to leave it there so people could just come and take it, right? And they had to offer certain sacrifices at certain times, certain ways, like all these things together. God was just commanding them, this is how you're gonna live your life. He was making a point because God was just simply saying to Israel, you're gonna live your lives differently than all the nations around you. And so you're gonna pay your tithes to the nation to take care of the priesthood, to take care of the kind of religious system so that the temple could be built, all those things. That was a tithe, it was a tax, on the people, just to make sure that their nation under God could function as it was meant to. It had nothing to do with, I want to freely of my own will and accord give to the Lord. It really didn't. It was about, this is the law. You do it. Now, when we get to the New Testament, Jesus talks some about tithing, like when people bring their tithes and how that looks and seemed like tithing was still a part of their kind of their, their governmental system, but they also had to pay taxes to Caesar and all those kind of things. But really when we get to the New Testament, what we see is this really this new teaching of, no, now we just live generously in all that we do. The law that we follow as Christians is not the law of the tithe. It's the law of love. It's the law of you see a need, you meet the need. 
It's the law of you open your hands and live like this because you understand that everything you have belongs to the Lord. And so do we tithe as Christians? Listen, if you want to start with 10%, I think it's a great place to start. You know, start with 10% of, you're just offering to the Lord 10% of everything that I have. I always want to give to that. I know many people, as you give to the church, it, sometimes that's kind of the starting place for people, giving 10%. I think that's a good place to start. But really, again, the call for us in the New Testament is to give and to give, uh, first of all, to give generously. Um, I read for you guys Acts 4, 32 through 35 at the very beginning. Did you hear that part where it said, everybody, no, nobody considered his possessions to be his own? Like, that's mind-boggling in the church, like that everybody would see their possessions as belonging to everybody else. If I have it, guess what? You have it. It's yours. You have it, I have it. Like we share everything together. We open our hands to one another to give to each other, but also we give cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. I'm going to throw that up here. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a what? Cheerful giver, to give cheerfully. This is how the New Testament commands us to give. It's not about law. It's not about rule keeping. It's not about a tax. It's about, I love the Lord and I love the church and I wanna give to his people each as they have need. And if I give, like this is sort of the, the way that God words this, right? If I give sparingly, guess what? You're gonna get back sparingly. That's just the way it is. And if I give generously, I'll get back generously. Now listen, that's not about you getting rich because you give a t a, a, an offering to the Lord. That's about the Lord's blessing. You know the, the, the tithe and the offering and really how we use our finances? This is one of the only things in scripture that God kind of explicitly says, I want you to test me in this. I want you to actually test the way that I'm going to work in your life through these things. The book of Micah, Micah says that. Test the Lord in this because you want to see God work in your life. You wanna see God work in your finances. You wanna see God work in your family. You wanna see God provide for you and show up and bless your life in a hundred different ways that you can't even imagine. You just open your hands and let him have everything that you have because he gave it to you anyway. And I think so many Christians, so many Christians miss out on what the Lord wants to do in their lives. They miss out on, again, knowing God because they're too busy telling him to get his hands out of their pockets and off their stuff. As if any of it is yours. Guys, nothing we have belongs to us. Nothing. Everything you have is the stuff of future yard sales and dumps. It is. Or it's going to get burned up when Jesus comes back. And he's going to make this earth new anyway. And it's going to go away. Again, um, listen, this comes from a place of, I, I want to be a good and faithful pastor and lift up these things because this is what the scripture says. And Jesus talked more about money than just about any other thing, by the way, as far as like his teaching. He talked a lot about money because he knows this about us. Our hearts just love it. Our hearts love it. And so the, the next thing, we, we should give intentionally but we should also give worshipfully. Matthew 6, 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you wanna know what it is that you worship in this world, look at your bank account. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Your heart follows your treasure. Your heart follows how you spend your money. 
And really your heart dictates that because if your heart is submitted to the Lord and you want to give everything that you have over to him. Now we should be wise. Again, God wants us to be wise. He wants us to, to think and be thoughtful about how we use all of these things. He doesn't want you to be a fool. And God's not asking you just to throw money everywhere and, and give it away you know, haphazardly without actually thinking about it. But what he is asking us to do is to simply be generous. And so I think that that call right there to give generously and give cheerfully and give intentionally and give worshipfully, guys, that should go with us. And yeah, and probably bring some conviction to us all. And I wanna say this, as a church, again, I think we do this well. Actually, I'll say this. I'm so proud of this church. We gave, last year, um, this church gave $200,000 over our operating budget here. That's awesome. Like, I literally started weeping when I read that. And we, we were praying about it as pastor, just thanking the Lord for the gift, the goodness of y'all. Because that money, we know, is now able to go do more ministry, really, that we can give it to missions. We can put it in, like, be good stewards of that and be, you know, as best as we can and help this church to continue to function as God wants it to function. God has been so good to us through all of you. So thank you. You guys are wonderful givers. The, the challenge this morning is simply this. Listen, commit it to the Lord. And if you're not currently giving to his church and to ministry, and I'm not saying just Eastridge, but like whatever ministry God's calling you to use your money for, man, commit that to him. You would rather God be in your finances than outside of it, right? You'd rather that happen. Like, I don't, I don't want to live my life telling God to get his hand off my stuff. It's just not going to go well with you. At least not into eternity. I want to live my life and giving away, like, like the Apostle Paul tells the Philippians, Philippians chapter one, like I'm poured my life out like a drink offering. I just want to give everything. And I don't want to go into heaven just holding on to stuff. Give it away. Let the Lord have it. Be wise. Be good stewards. of Everything that we have, our time, our gifts, yes, our money. Your money should preach. Listen to this. Your money should preach to the world about what you believe about Jesus. It should. When people see how you use your money, and they do see how you use, you know this, your friends, your neighbors, your family, they see how you use your money. It should preach to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we'll leave that there. So lastly, um, number four, we must be good stewards of our souls. I must be a good steward of my soul. This was not originally part of this message, but I wanted to actually end it with this because... And I just think it's so important for us to kind of just listen to Jesus tell us about Sabbath. And really that word Sabbath, it means rest, about resting in him. Because here's the thing, I was worried that this message would come off a certain way as being, hey, just go do something for the Lord, right? Just, just, just go do a thing. Go be a good steward of your time. Go be a good steward of your gifts. Go be a good steward of your money. Like God just wants you to do things. God just wants you to be active. God just wants you to, you know, kind of follow the rules and check off the boxes and all those things. But man, I was just kind of thinking about this and praying over this message and God just kind of led my heart to say, you know what, we need to end it with this because this is also a spiritual discipline. Sabbath, it's one of the key spiritual disciplines for us. Sabbath, just like tithing, by the way, Sabbath was a law for the people of God in the Old Testament. In fact, Sabbath was a law that if broken was punishable by death. You died as an Israelite if you refused to rest. Is that not the goodness and the fearsomeness of God in one statement? 
right? Like how good he is to us to call us into rest, to tell us to stop, to tell us to chill out once in a while and listen to him and trust in him and sit at his feet because that's what Sabbath is about. It's been said uh, that Sabbath really is about practicing the sovereignty of God. Sabbath is about recognizing that the world does not rest on your shoulders, that the church doesn't rest on your shoulders. Listen, yes, we should be good stewards of our gifts and our time and our resources and all those things to serve in the church. However, this church does not rise and fall on you. It does not rise and fall on me. I had to pray this morning before church, just get on my knees and say, God, thank you for reminding me this week. This church ain't on me. It's not on you. It's going to keep going. Kurt drops dead tomorrow. This church is going to keep going. It better And you guys will make sure that it does. I know you will because the spirit lives in all of us to submit our lives to the Lord because none of us are Lord of the church. He is Lord of the church. He is Lord of all things, God of all things. And this is what Sabbath is about for us. It's about coming and resting at the feet of God and trusting that he is sovereign over everything that I have and everything that I am. And I offer my life to him. So Sabbath is, just a quick little, Sabbath is a a 24-hour period every week of intentional, worshipful rest in the Lord, where we refuse to simply stop being defined by what we do and choose instead to be defined by whose we are, by who we belong to, by the God of all creation that has made all things, created all things, and created us for his own purposes. So here's what Jesus says to us. This is a passage that many of you know well. Matthew chapter 11, starting verse 25. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now, take that little, like, you want to know God? That's what he just said, right? You want, nobody knows God except those to whom I reveal God to, right? That's the context of what he says next. I want to reveal God to you. I want you to know God. Now, listen, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have to be good stewards of our souls. Yes, of our resources, yes, of our money, yes, of our time, yes, of our gifts. Let's be good stewards of all those things and ask the Lord for wisdom and how we use each one of those things. But before all of that, we must remember that God is God and you and I are not. Listen, you're great and I love you guys. Y'all are terrible gods. You're not good at it. I'm not good at it. I've tried it. You've tried it. Don't act like you haven't. We've tried to be God of our own lives. And the reality is, and this is why Sabbath breaking was punishable by death. The reality is, if we refuse to Sabbath, 
a refusal to rest in the Lord is tantamount to saying to God, I'm God, you're not. You don't tell me what to do. You don't tell me how to live. You don't tell me when to work. You don't tell me how to use my money. You don't tell me how to use my time. You don't tell me how to lead my family. That's my family. You don't tell me what to do with my job. It's my job. You don't tell me what to do with my resources. They're my resources. That's what Sabbath breaking is. And that's why in the Old Testament, it was punishable by death because it was literally them saying to God, you're not God, I am. That's what happens when we break Sabbath. When we choose to not rest in the Lord. And so listen, again, and I've said this every week about these spiritual disciplines. These are not obligations. Sabbath keeping is not obligation. Tithing, giving to the Lord, offering our gifts to the Lord is not obligation. Service to the church is not obligation. All these things, listen, they are invitations. And this passage right here, Matthew 11, the way that Jesus put this, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and you will find rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. Y'all, that is proof that God does not need, listen, God does not need anything from you. He wants something for you. When I'm saying open your hands and give him your gifts, open your hands, give him your time, give him your money, give him your soul. I'm saying God doesn't need anything from you. He wants something for you. He wants you to have life and life abundantly, John 10, 10. But Jesus said, that's why I came, that you would have life and have it abundantly in me. You're not gonna experience that life and you're not gonna experience God. You're not gonna know God. Again, if you keep telling him to get his hands off of you and off your stuff. Submit it to the Lord. So we're gonna just take time as we end our service today to, to worship him. And I wanna give you just this opportunity and again, this invitation. Maybe just take some time right now and pray. And you just need to tell God, Psalm 4610, God, I know I'm just gonna stop right now and I'm gonna confess that you are God. Maybe what you need to do right now is repent and say, God, I've been trying to be you. I've been trying to be God. I've been trying to determine how I use all the things in my life and my own soul included, but I'm not God, you're God. So maybe that's the, the opportunity you can take this morning or just to worship him, just to pray and ask him, maybe God, how, how do you wanna lead me right now? How do you wanna use me right now? How do you wanna uh, you know, invite me into these opportunities I have to be a good steward of my life? I wanna make the most of every opportunity. That opportunity is today. The opportunity's here. Make the most of it. Listen to the Lord. We're gonna sing. Scott's gonna lead us through kind of a couple new songs and then we have one more at the end. We're gonna sing together. And I just want us to let, let, just let this be a time worship and prayer and submission to God as God. Be still and know that I am God. You're not God. God is God, okay? So let's be still and know that as we worship. And if you do need prayer, I'll, I'll hang out over here. Any prayer team that wants to come down, man, we'd love to pray with you if you need prayer this morning. So come on down, let's pray together or just pray at your seat and worship the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord, okay? Trust him. Let's be good stewards with everything, everything that he's given us.